Nobody asked him, why is this older man with this younger girl? You know what I mean? So like, this man like fell through the cracks so many times. You know, I've had the, the police kick down the door when I was with him and they were arresting him. And they asked me who I was. I said, well, my, I made up a name and I said I was 18 and they just walked past me. No, no red flags, nothing. So there were so many times law enforcement could have helped me and got me out of the situation, but it never happened. And I, but that, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay because I'm able to specify my wisdom and my strength and my story to help others. You know, like this is what we need to do, you know? Welcome to season two of Unseen the Traffic Truth. This is Victoria. I'm just so honored that you came, that you came to visit, you came to listen, and you maybe came back. Man, season two is going to have something impeccable. We are going to have survivors dominate this season because their voices will be heard. And as we prepare to enter January in honor of Human Trafficking Awareness Month, we're going to highlight these survivors. We're going to highlight their thriving successes. Maybe it's a book, a memoir. And we're also going to learn again about trafficking, the real truths through their stories. We're going to hear from members of the LGBTQA community. We have male survivors. We have women who were trafficked when they were a young age. We have women who were in the sex work and we're still traffic. Yeah, they're two different things. Catch on, guys. Join us. Listen. Stay tuned. Every Friday, we're going to have a new survivor story or a controversial conversation topic. We might have some bonus and updates. We just thank you for visiting. Then I heard a voice speaking to me and it said, you know, your time on earth isn't done. I want you to go back and fight for every child who's suffering as you have. And I realized, um, you know, after a minute or so that it was the voice of my friend, Steve, who was an African-American uh, boy who was a friend of mine, who I saw murdered in front of me, strangled to death, who was speaking to me. And I woke up in the emergency room, you know, I had been gone for three minutes. And, and, you know, since that point, you know, I just have had, you know, such a, such a fire in my heart to go out and fight for things. And I can still, I can still feel Steve with me every day. He's there, he's there, he's my guardian angel, man. When we're in that kind of a situation, we don't always recognize the subtle, you know, the, the subtle advances of another person as they shift into exploiting us. And so it takes a lot more for us to be like, oh shit, right? Like this, this is this is gonna take a turn for the worst kind of idea, right? Like, like we find ourselves, we're already the fly, is stuck in the netting because we were creeping along, being like, oh, this is familiar territory, <laughs> you know? And all of a sudden we're like, oh damn it. Here comes the spider again. Like, fuck, how do I get here? <laughs> wow, if only I can be a part of that group, you know? Like, they just seem so fun. And there was cute boys, and, you know, like, why not? So little did I know that there were two girls that were watching me watch this specific boy. And... You know, I didn't know that what that was. I didn't know that those were recruiters or those were bottoms. I didn't, I didn't know anything like that. So I thought, you know, one day they did approach me and um, they approached my best friend and I. And 
And I remember her coming up to me, asking me, oh, you know, you feeling my mans? And I'm thinking, that's just slang, you know, like that was the lingo back then. My boy, my homeboy, my mans, you know, that that was the lingo. So I'm like, okay, cool. This girl looking out like she's about to put me on. And that's exactly what she said was, I could put you on. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. So here I am, 13-year-old girl, you know, getting approached by these two girls, thinking that they're going to play the, you know, the hookup for me. And they're going to hook me up with this 16-year-old. And, um, you know, little did I know that that wasn't the case. And, um, you know, she would take me to school. And uh, I wasn't dancing at this time either because we couldn't afford it. And she kind of like little by little started grooming me. And she told me before my 16th birthday uh, that I was going to start stripping so I can have money and, you know, she can have money too. So when, before I turned 16, she took me to a strip club and um, she told me, you know, what do you think of this place? I think the number one thing that I've learned in the strip club is never to judge anybody, like never judge what they've been through their story because I met some incredible women and strong women in the club that just like their lives were, I mean, for me of what I've been through, they, to me, it was like worse, you know, like family was abusive, you know, uh, uh, their family left them and then, you know, they went to, they were trying to get adopted, you know, so there were orphans and, you know, so many stories and like their parents were drug users and just so many stories. And, you know, so it really opened my eyes to other women struggling or feeling empowered and just making money so they could put a roof over their head for their kids, you know, going to school. There were just so many reasons. And I was just starved, I guess, for attention and affection. Um, I really didn't get to see my mom happy that often, I guess, because um, she was always trying to pay the bills and doing stuff like that. So when I downloaded Facebook when I was 16 years old, um, it just like opened a whole new world for me. Um, it connected me to basically the world, like outside of my rural community. And a lot of older men got access to my profile um, through friend suggestions or whatever. But my Facebook grew to like 5,000 likes. Like there was like, I couldn't have any more friends on my Facebook. There was like a cap. I think that it's because we understand each other because we are queer, because we are gay, we're lesbian. We understand the, the greatness about our community and we know the struggles of our community. And I think that that is something to be excited for when we can come together and share stories like ours and be a voice for those who need us. And just knowing that I can, and realizing when I was volunteering that I could feel the same way they, they're feeling basically in a way, like feeling um, empty and, and in a way that 
we could connect instantly. Um, that's when I kind of felt like I'm passionate and driven in this work. Um, so from there, I started to get connected with the local rape crisis center, Pathways for Change. Um, shout out to them. There are also a lack of opportunity for people like you and me. And I think that that is something that is going to have to be legislative. It's going to be something where we have to go a little further with. But right now, I think it's we can only take as many steps as we can. And I'm willing to and I've been doing that by being able to share with as many platforms as possible so that people can hear my story, understand it, get themselves educated on it. And then we can go further um, into things like legislation. Um, But right now I've always been saying, I'm like, I'm going to take these baby steps and I'm going to do what I have to do to get my voice out there and my story. And then I'll start working on the bigger things, which I've already am in the process. I've talked to a few people um, within the trafficking community and also the LGBTQ community. And I'm excited because I think that there's going to be big things happening in the near future um, as far as legislation goes for the LGBTQ community, but also the survivor community for sure. But you know, what feels the greatest is that I have given life to my story in a different way where people are able to hear it and also acknowledge my story and understand how true it is and understand how important it is. And that for me has been so healing and so important for me. Um, And that for me is the most exciting is I can feel myself getting better. I can feel myself healing each time I share, each time I reach out and that I can't be any more thankful for because I never thought that I was going to get out of the dark place that I was in for such a long time. And it's happening. (laughs) Not only have you created a safe space for people like us you're also creating an opportunity and a platform for us to share our voices. So thank you for that opportunity.